0: If you love all things gardening, why not join us at our spring fair from the 3rd to the 5th of May at Bewley in Hampshire. You'll find everything you need to kickstart the season. Find out more at bbcgardener'sworldfair.com. See you there.
1: This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast or a thrill seeker.
0: You'll find what you came for here and more.
1: So ask yourself, what is it you want?
0: Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is not the sound of a stream running through the mountains. It's water from a leaking pipe trickling down a stairway. That's not a frog splashing into a lake. It's a piece of sheetrock falling into a puddle on a kitchen floor. And that's not a hiker taking a deep breath of mountain air. It's a homeowner gasping at the sight of a $12,000 water damage repair bill. 40% of homeowners have experienced water damage. Protect your home with the Moen Smart Water Monitor and Shutoff. Moen. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now.
1: This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. When you want the best, you have to act fast, especially when hiring for your business you want to find the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds top talent fast. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Spotify. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.
0: Hello, and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast, brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts.
1: Growing our own fruit and veg is incredibly rewarding, but can often feel like it requires more space outside than we actually have. Don't be disheartened, there are gardeners working in minimal spaces producing maximum harvests. Hello, I'm Miranda and I'm joined by Ingrid Chu, who grows some of her crops in small raised beds. With planning in consideration, she's able to reap what she sows, and that's a fair bit. I started by asking her,
0: what's the most important consideration for those wanting to do small space veg growing? Really just have fun with it, because in a small space, we're not aiming for a kind of self-sufficiency. It is just fun. So just get some seeds, whatever you like to grow, whatever you like to eat. And, um, yeah, just just go for it. That's my biggest advice. Don't hold back. (laughs) (laughs) Because you do have an allotment as well, don't you?
1: I think that... You have both of those things. So how do you choose what you grow at home in your
0: small garden than what you grow at the allotment? My allotment is mostly kind of for larger vegetables that take up a lot of space. So squash, pumpkins, they all go down at the allotment and also things that don't need as much care because I don't go down to the allotment very often. I probably only go down once a month. And so it's kind of things that can kind of get on with themselves, don't need a lot of pruning and things like that. Um, whereas in my patio I grow things that kind of need a little bit more care things like salad, tomatoes that I can go out and just pick and eat Um, lots of carrots, things that don't take up much space is what I I like to grow in the patio so I think I grow all my favourite veggies in the patio so I can go and have a look at them every day and then all of like the potatoes and things like that I leave for the allotment Well, that's a benefit, I think,
1: of small spaces, as often the small spaces we have do tend to be the spaces that are closer to
0: home, would you say, that you're able to keep a better eye on these things? Is that a positive for you? Oh, definitely, definitely. Things like herbs and stuff, it's just nice to kind of pop out, clip what you want and then bring it in. And salad, I mean, and nothing beats a really, really fresh salad. You pick it, wash it and then you eat it. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's lovely. What are the hard things for you
1: about growing in a smaller space? What are some of the sort of mega challenges?
0: Um, Mega challenges are obviously you can't grow as many varieties as you want. Um, You do have the limited space. So you do have to kind of plan exactly what you want to grow and where you want to grow it. And then if something fails, it's really heartbreaking because obviously you only have that small amount of space. And if, if something doesn't work, it's kind of taken up, I don't know, an eighth of your space or something. But no, those are the biggest challenges, kind of just planning and deciding exactly what you want to grow. Because I want to grow everything. And so it's like nailing it down.
1: (laughs) I'm one of those. And I was just thinking, actually, that's maybe not a bad thing. Okay, the pressure for things not to fail (laughs) obviously isn't great. But then encouraging you to be a better, better practice with your horticulture, to maybe check in things more regularly. You might be learning more and doing more that way. But then secondly, choosing and being more selective with what you grow probably isn't that bad either as you say it's so tempting there's billions of varieties aren't there but actually choosing the right ones do you think you end up with uh
0: varieties that maybe you wouldn't have done this way yeah definitely and it also makes you kind of choose your favorite things um which is nice as well uh, but yeah, it's definitely learning not to go into the garden centre and buying every single seed. This. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any favourite um, varieties
1: for, that really suit small spaces from our, I guess, our most common veg?
0: Um, so I um, really, really do love salad leaves. I love growing Asian greens as well because they're really quick turnaround. So you can sow them, succession sow and you get a lot of crop in just one year. Um, I really like those and they're really fabulous for small spaces. I do also like growing Growing slightly bigger things. I like growing things that like you get a lot of vegetables, like a really high yielding crop. So, for example, tomatoes, beans, peas. um Like sugar snap peas are great because you get loads from just kind of a few plants and things like that. So, I guess there's sort of hundreds and thousands of the tomatoes are going to be your favourite. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, that's what I'm doing this year because I've, I've mostly only really grown just kind of your bog standard kind of like the money maker tomatoes, like the bog standard red ones but this year I have chosen like really ones that have got loads and loads and loads of of mini cherry tomatoes Um, because those are the ones that the children like as well so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a place for both, and money maker isn't
1: called money maker for yeah. nothing, right? You know, it's like <laughs> that is still on the growing <laughs> list this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pleased to hear it. I'm pleased to hear it. And take me back to Asian greens as
0: well. Like, how early in the year do you start sowing this? So I sew pak choi from about from February. Um, Really, really early, because actually, once it gets too warm, they they bolt, um, so they go to seed. So actually, the earlier you can kind of get them growing, the better. So yeah, I start sowing them indoors from about February, I plant them out March, um, and then April april yeah you get your first crop and you can start kind of march you can sow some more seeds and then may and then over summer you probably want to pause on them because they do bolt a little bit and then come autumn you can do kind of two more sowings so in one year you can get like four four different sowings from from just one vegetable which is great oh that's lovely and i'm a fan of choi. i
1: think it's one of the veg it, it's sort of twice as expensive as lettuce yeah. you know obviously it's smaller but
0: you know, why not grow something that you love? How, how do you cook it when you cook choy? And So I just stir fry it. So yeah, I put it in virtually any stir fry. So yeah, just chop it up, put it with some onions, some chicken and just stir fry it. Yeah, I love it. Oh, lovely. And I was very excited. I had a bit of raised bed envy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've seen your latest raised beds. Um
0: When you've got a small space, how do you choose raised beds? What are you looking for? For me, it was something that is easy to put together, Um, I don't have that many tools, so I did need something that was easy to put together. And I've chosen these metal raised beds that you can kind of just screw together. And also I chose them because they are movable. So the space that I've got at the moment, it's my first year that I'm growing in it. And so I've placed them in a a position that I think will work well, but obviously I don't know if it's going to work well. So I like the fact that these ones I can just take the soil out and move them about if I need to whereas with the wooden ones beautiful beautiful I love wooden kind of like the sleeper raised beds which is what I had in my previous garden but they're they're much harder to move around Um, and that's why for this year I've chosen to go for the metal raised beds.
1: Yes, because I did see your patio and, and it, they are
0: right bang in the middle, aren't yes. they? I thought, brave choice. They <laughs> are, like, oh, and there's not much space between them, but I don't have that much space. So I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to cram it all in and see if it works. <laughs>
1: So these, these raised metal beds, they look sort of corrugated, aren't they? They're sort of bent metal and you screw them together. Mm-hmm. And they go directly on top of the concrete patio. You don't need to put anything. Does it
0: drain through? Or um, So I haven't put anything... Um I think you're meant to put gravel around it, so I have got some gravel to put around it to help with drainage. But uh, you can put it on top of soil as well. I just haven't because I tried to kind of dig up the patio and there's loads of cement underneath. And so <laughs> I thought, okay, no, let's just put them straight on top. Um, and they work because they're really deep. So it, it should How be How deep
1: are they? A couple of feet? And they're more than that, aren't they? They look
0: about knee high to me. Yeah, they probably are about knee high, yeah. I mean, and I'm 5'4". How tall, tall somebody's? <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> I'm five five. So as long as you're yeah. that height, they're about <laughs> knee about knee high. And I think raised beds. If you are in a small space, if you haven't got a lot of space to grow veg in, maybe I think raised beds can be a
0: godsend. I mean, do you agree? And what are the benefits for you about raised beds? Absolutely. I think in a small space as well, it's really easy for things to kind of look a bit messy. And actually keeping it all within like raised beds keeps everything tidy, which I really, really like. Um, And also raised beds do keep the slugs and things away. A little bit more than if you plant straight into the ground which is what i've seen between the difference between kind of growing in my patio in raised beds and at the allotment the allotment has a lot more pests um like slugs and things so yeah
1: and then you're going to line your raised beds are you before you fill them with compost
0: yeah so i'm going to put some weed membrane on the bottom of them and i have i've kept my christmas tree from christmas and i'm gonna chop that all up and put it at the bottom um i've also got loads of kind of old pots um that i don't, i no longer need and i've got no space for so i'm going to kind of turn them around and put them on the bottom um that will also improve the drainage and then and then i'll fill it with compost oh that's interesting that's going to reduce how much compost you yeah yeah need i
1: guess because they're going to be quite hungry for compost i'm guessing these big big hungry beds and does it matter what material those pots are made of that you're using to kind of bulk
0: up um so i I have avoided plastic pots um so mine are more like the terracotta pots um that you see um yeah i don't know if it matters particularly but i haven't i have avoided plastic pots Sure, but I guess you can take these out and use them at yeah. some and That they're not sort of they're not going to dissolve. No, no, they're <laughs> not. No, it's just the ones that I don't use. I'm just turning them over, just so it helps with drainage.
1: Yeah, and will these be for all the different veg you use, or would you be a bit worried about growing carrots and ending up with wonky shapes and other root vegetables? Um, yeah.
0: So I have got um a special carrot bed that I will not <laughs> be doing this in. I'm still gonna. Lo- I'm still if I've got enough like Christmas tree. I probably still will put that at the bottom because that can kind of break down. But no, I won't be putting pots in the ones for the carrots. Um that's going to be a special kind of mix of sand and compost for carrots. Yes. You have impressively straight carrots, <laughs> I, I must say. Do, do you have a secret for these straight carrots? Um, Yes. Yeah, so with my carrots, I just use a lot of sand in my soil. So I kind of got this tip from my mum when I first started growing carrots. Um, she said to me, oh, they need really, really sandy um, soil. And so I put I put loads and loads of sand, about 50% sand to soil into my pot. And I got the most amazing carrots. So I'm going to do that every single year from now on. I love it.
1: And they're root vegetables. So they go looking for the moisture, don't they? I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? So, oh, no, absolutely. And do you have any other tips reducing costs on the compost that
0: you use to fill the raised beds? Or is it mostly about bulking it up? Um, For me, it's mostly about bulking it up. So I've got some pots that are filled up from kind of last year's compost. So I will also be using that as well. Um, I do reuse my old compost.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good tip. I think sometimes when we're seed sowing, we might want really sterile compost. But for outside, there's no reason we can't sort of reuse it, can we? Especially if we we haven't had any sort of pest and disease problems. um, It's a good reuse,
0: isn't it? Uh, Do you add feed when you're reusing compost? I do, yeah. So I'll probably put some um, pellets down when I'm planting out each plant. And then I do use liquid feed probably weekly once everything's planted out. How do you do that in a small space? Where are you sowing your seeds? Okay, so this is a little bit trickier and it's something that I found tricky this year um, because previous years I have had kind of one of those plastic greenhouses in the garden, but this year I don't have that. So my method this year is basically just to sow the essentials inside. So things that have a really long growing period. So for example, I've only sown tomatoes, chilies, and peppers at the moment inside. And then everything else, I'm actually going to wait until I can direct sow them outside. It's hard, isn't it, waiting there? And you see everyone else kind of. It's
1: so hard <laughs> waiting. I'm just like, oh, maybe I'll just plant a few here. So you're kind of South American originating plants. You know, I'm, I struggle to get chilies out of the house, to be honest. I think these plants, <laughs> yeah. they just love heat, don't they? Yeah, they, they do. I mean, but what? how many of each are you sowing? Are you sowing fewer of each? You know, would you do, you know, sometimes I try and just sow six of something in a tray rather than like think, okay,
0: that's one packet done. Oh yeah, I'm really strict <laughs> with that actually. So I only sow. So for example, per tomato variety, I only sow two seeds. And if they don't germinate, this is also a thing. I feel like if they don't germinate, that's a sign that I shouldn't be growing in them. So I don't re-sow. So I only keep... I like yeah, that. I only keep the things that germinate.
1: I like that. It's like a type of evolution. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs>
0: Rather than this
1: like guilty gardener feeling we get of, oh my God, I failed my garden. It's like, actually,
0: germination rate isn't good enough. I'm going to replace this. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I always have too much anyway. Even if I only sow a couple of seeds of everything, I still have too much. And so, no, I never do. I never re-sow if it doesn't work. <laughs>
1: Oh, completely. And it's heartbreaking, isn't it? At the moment, I need to thin out my seedlings and I know I just need to rip out, you know, maybe the very weedy looking ones or the ones that aren't doing much. And I just think, what a waste. And I just want to try and get them out gently and pot them up and give them to a friend or something, you know, but I don't even have that many pots.
0: <laughs> oh, I've got so many pots. So I do do that. Um, I do. I do tend to do that. I kind of pop them all up and then I just put them outside the front of the house and people come and take them.
1: You're more generous than I am. That's lovely because that costs compost as well. That's what I actually, I'll probably use just old
0: compost for those
1: ones. <laughs> just be like, yeah, can you return the compost in the pot when you're done with the seedling? <laughs> but yeah, I find it like in a half tray, I could grow four different veg and just six of each or something. And that is enough. I think we need to have more confidence in our growing or as you say, think okay this this doesn't work for me i'll try something else there's plenty of varieties to try aren't what's there? really
0: nice as well you can always um in if you're using a little tray you can kind of plan that out as your raised bed so the seedlings could be kind of where your raised beds are so you, you just sow so yeah you use a tray as your raised beds and you sow kind of what you want in the raised bed and just transport it into like a bigger bigger version that makes sense no, absolutely, because I think
1: what you're describing, or is, is what I imagine, is, is in straight lines. So you know, I sow in straight lines in my tray, and I can take the whole clump out because something will germinate and be ready sooner than something else with. And then when I've got that space in my tray, I can sow something else. So effectively, you're
0: treating that s- seed tray as as a bed, aren't you? Yeah. Or no, actually, using the seed tray as a mini version of your raised bed. So Oh gosh, so, so you're replicating yes. it completely or? Yes. Wow. So for example, I've got four raised beds, you can have four trays and actually plant out exactly sow exactly what you want to plant in your raised bed. And it's a really nice way of planning it as well. You know, obviously sow maybe one or two more seeds in case some don't germinate, but then actually you've got your plan and you've got the number of plants you need that goes straight into your raised bed. This is this is immaculate planning. I love it. <laughs> I've done a lot of planning. Well, yes.
1: Will you be um, crop rotating as well? Do you change what you grow in each of your different raised beds each year to
0: benefit the plants and the soil? I do, but not intentionally. I feel like the reason why I kind of crop rotate and change my change what I grow is because I'm still trying out what I like to grow and different varieties. So, yeah, I haven't had two years where I've grown the same thing in the same location, but, um, yeah, that's not out of me consciously being like (laughs) okay it's not good to to grow this this year it's just me trying out different things
1: yeah you're mixing it up naturally you're
0: not going to get a kind of repeated problem I would love that one day when I'm when I'm a super expert I'd love to have like a five-year plan of just what I grow every (laughs) five years that would be great
1: (laughs) Ingrid, with your level of planning, I would be surprised <laughs> if next year <laughs> you're showing me pictures of your seed trays for the next five years, <laughs> how it all works, which seeds didn't make the cut as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it right another problem about small spaces and I thought about this I was looking at your lovely you've just been planting some strawberry plants into a really narrow gap well, what is that in the garden that you've planted them into it's, it's
0: just like a wall
1: okay it's just a, so it's a gap yeah in it's the wall, a gap or? in the
0: wall that kind of separates the garden so I've got the patio and then the garden behind that and that wall just sits there with a gap that's full of soil it's probably about 15 centimetres
1: Okay, okay, but it's still still fairly narrow, and you put strawberries in there. And my, I was thinking, gosh, okay, that's going to need a lot of
0: watering. I mean, how do you get around things drying out when they're quite narrow? It's really deep, actually, the wall, and so I think with the rain, it's just outside. So with the rain, it should feed the soil quite well but if it does dry out I I will just do deep watering so you know where you kind of water it for a really long time once a week or something that's my method because I feel like it gets down to the roots a bit more
1: yeah no definitely I think that kind of uh, um less often and more thorough is is way more beneficial isn't it then do do you pick times of the day to water as well to reduce
0: waste always always in the morning um yeah it's part of my morning routine when it gets a bit warmer I just wake up have a cup of tea in the garden um and then yeah water everything so yeah it's lovely oh lovely oh no, it's the best
1: the best time of the
0: day yes it is the best <laughs> time of the day I need to get a water butt um I've got a um what's it called you know the gutter thing that's cut already mm-hmm. ready to go mm-hmm. I just haven't I haven't <laughs> had the time to buy one yet but I really need to get one
1: And that, again, that's quite tricky in a small space, but not impossible at all. As you say, you can collect the water from the guttering, you can do lots of things. And I guess if you're using it, you're freeing up space in the water, but aren't you, to collect more? So if you keep doing it, and then the best bit is when it rains, it's marvellous, isn't it? Because your your job is done, get back to bed.
0: I haven't (laughs) had the problem of no rain yet this year, so...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you, you never know, you never know. And so, what have been your
0: biggest challenges growing crops in small spaces, and how have you overcome them? So, biggest challenges is, um, yeah, when something goes wrong. So, for example, um, last year, all of my tomatoes got blight. And it was just so heartbreaking because I used up virtually every single pot that I had to grow tomatoes in. Um, and so, yeah, that was really, really, that was a hard lesson to learn. And I think with that, I kind of just didn't get on top of it quickly enough. Why do you think it happened? And, and why as severely as it did? Um, blight was a really big problem last year. I think it's because it was like wet and then dry and then wet and dry. And um, and because I just grow them outside, they're not in a greenhouse or anything. Um once it kind of infects one plant, it does kind of just spread. So you think having them close together, you're a bit more vulnerable? Yeah, so I had them all in a row last year. So this year I'm going to try and maybe try and spread them out a little bit. But yes, I mean, if anyone knows how to overcome blight, please, please let me know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what you're doing sounds sensible. You know, you're not putting all all your eggs in one basket as, a, as sensible as... <sighs> It makes watering easier doesn't it when you have similar things together but then as you say in terms of pests and disease um and even pollinators i think mixing it up do you grow marigolds with your tomatoes do you do any sort of companion planting yes. oh lovely i love and companion does that work plant.
0: yes i think it really works um yeah, I, I really, really like it because actually, because I, I'm in quite a built up urban area and like we don't have that many pollinators. And so actually, even with courgettes one year, I found that they weren't getting pollinated. And so then I made a real effort to kind of grow flowers and um, things around it. And it, it does. It's amazing how quickly like the bees come once you kind of grow all the pollinators around it. So, um, yes, that's definitely something I need to I need to do more of. Do you think you're at a disadvantage um trying to do companion planting in a small space or how, how do you get around no, it? No, I think it's great. I think it's a great way of um kind of getting more crop into a small space. Companion planting and interplanting. Um yeah, where well, you can you can just cram it all in so you kind of break break the <laughs> rules a little bit of um of how the spacing and kind of squeeze it all in so a really lovely companion plant is tomatoes basil and marigolds you know what I was I was
1: literally just going to complain about basil I like you I just shove the marigolds (laughs) in the same pot with the tomatoes yeah you know just just get them in and I did it with basil because why not tomatoes and basil are perfect for me that was such a failure I don't know if the basil was um shaded too much by the tomatoes i think they really enjoy sunshine for me they just didn't do as well as the ones i'd let left to grow in the sun basically i mean so maybe you're getting around it by having them in a position where despite that they're growing together they're not overcasting each other
0: no they're not so i kind of grow them in like a triangle shape so it's kind of like the tomato marigold and the basil is slightly on the outside, Okay, um, okay if that okay. makes any sense. And I'm really harsh with my tomato pruning. Like I, <laughs> I chop all the leaves off the bottom um, so that wow. lets like, a lot more sunlight in. Okay, that's a tip I'm taking from <laughs> you. These
1: poor, bold tomatoes. I'm just going to go for it. I mean... Wow. I love that idea. You just shave them and you just get get those leaves off the bottom.
0: I mean, I suppose they've got plenty of leaves up top, haven't yeah. they? And that's where kind of all the fruit goes. So no, I I, I chop them all off and it, it prevents a lot more disease as well, I find. I'm going to try that. I don't know if I put my basil out too small as well, too young. Maybe I should have let it get a yeah. bit more established. Actually, I do find that, that. That is, yeah, I find it hard to grow and they get eaten as well. Basil love to be like pests love to eat basil. So actually, once they're a bit bigger, yeah, I would definitely wait for them to be a bit bigger before planting them out.
1: Oh, that's a lovely tip. I'm going to do more pots of tomatoes, marigold yes, and basil. Do. i will show you some pictures this summer. Yes, please
0: do. <laughs> <My> <laughs> tomato <laughs> plants that look like trees with yeah. just foliage <laughs> up on
1: yeah. top. <laughs> just make sure you,
0: you um, stake them, otherwise they'll snap. Well, yes. And this is
1: my next question to you. Do you have any advice for staking in small growing spaces you know things are more likely to topple over aren't they what how do you stake
0: and how do you make it look attractive so i've only really ever used bamboo canes to stake and i have had snappages um that's definitely happened. so this year i do want to try something different i am yet i'm not fully decided but i kind of would love to grow my tomatoes kind of down the centre of one of the raised beds, and then have two kind of support poles on the either end of the bed, and then one across the top, and then just kind of hang string down on each plant. Oh, I love it! This is professional <laughs> stuff. No, I've been thinking about it so much. I don't <laughs> know if I can actually do it, but that's the aim, so that there's more of a structure, so it's not just one bamboo cane holding up each plant it's kind of an entire structure so um hopefully it'll be a bit more sturdy
1: that sounds great and i mean that's yeah that's what i've seen more in professional nurseries or like on farms where they're growing in sort of poly tunnels yeah you're holding it up with a string aren't you and it's growing up and being pulled up you don't need a cane anymore but as you say you do need them in a line. But your raised bed gives you that structure, doesn't it, to kind of create something like that. Oh my goodness, this sounds amazing. (laughs) I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. So
0: what have been some of the best tips that you've learned from others about small space growing? So many tips. I would definitely say interplanting. So always just kind of just fill in your spaces. Don't have gaps, like even if it's just to fill a space with a lettuce or sow some garlic somewhere just just squeeze it all in because things will grow in small spaces
1: and interplanting is sort of done with in mind that something's going to get bigger is that
0: what you're doing give us some examples with the tomatoes basil and marigold situation are then going to kind of grow lettuce around the outside of the raised bed and actually if those get shady it doesn't matter so much um so it's it's more just about kind of Instead of growing in those kind of neat lines, it's kind of just filling the space where you can. Um, Yeah, that's, that's what I love doing. And also thinking about when things can harvest. So, for example, garlic can quite often be... If you plant it in autumn, you can actually harvest it before your tomatoes can go out so sometimes it's quite nice to actually grow something all the way through winter and autumn and then maybe harvest them a little bit earlier than others other people and then you've got space to grow something else for summer
1: i think you're a great example of showing that you can probably grow as much as someone with a bigger space because i mean my garden isn't big at all i've just taken more lawn away (laughs) to create bigger veg but I'll put garlic in autumn and I'll forget about it. Whereas you've got these plans and you know what you're doing. And I think when you're take when you're being more accountable with your growing and, and have more planning involved, you're going to get more out by default. So your results would be as good as potentially somebody who thinks, oh, I've got the space. Garlic goes there. Tomatoes go here." Was actually you're you're very on top of it because you know that. Needs to come out because that's going to go in, and how do I time that?
0: Yeah, that is that's the thing with small gardening. You you have because you you act, I won't have the space otherwise. My tomatoes won't have anywhere to go, and so it is. Yeah, it is like the garlic must come out. <laughs> Do you have any favourite garlic that you grow? Ooh. Oh, I, I did grow loads last year. Do you grow elephant garlic? Oh, have you I grown have anything? grown elephant garlic. Elephant garlic <laughs> is so fun to grow because they are huge. I don't think it's the tastiest variety because it's very, very mild. But I love it. It's so fun to grow. I mean, Yeah it's big it's huge Wasn't that a lot- <laughs> <laughs> easier to peel yeah so uh, it's a win yeah win. sometimes I think I have harvested them too early and they haven't split and so I just get this one massive <laughs> garlic <laughs> clove <laughs> well it's a good thing they are mild I mean you wouldn't wouldn't
1: want to be around anyone with garlic breath who's eaten that would you (laughs) and what
0: about any other new crops you want to try this year um so in terms of new crops um I'm more sticking to kind of new varieties um trying out things that I haven't tried before so just making things a bit more colorful this year actually so I've gone for kind of rainbow carrots I've growing this potato that's called salad blue which is like this beautiful kind of purple variety I am trying the beetroot that's got all the lines the pink and white lines in it um yes yeah, so I'm gonna do that one as well so I'm trying and why color what, what, what why are you growing for color in mind oh it's just more fun isn't it and it encourages the children more. I think when something's a bit more fun to grow that's actually the main reason why I garden to get the children out outside and so anything that would encourage them to go outside I try Um, yeah and colour is definitely one of them.
1: Well I mean it's all all well and good for the children but I was thinking if your raised beds which are taking over your patio if it does look beautiful you can then just put seats and sit friends and drink around them can't you you know if it's if it looks
0: attractive which it will do with all these beautiful colors it sounds really quite lovely yeah hopefully so i have squeezed in a very small kind of table in the patio but i am a little bit concerned that once everything grows there's not going to be space for the seats but i don't know we'll see we'll see um they're in there at the moment so maybe they'll just get swamped by all the plants i don't think i'd mind that either You might end up with your raised beds on wheels next year. You'll be telling me that you could (laughs) move them.
1: Um, I I suppose and on that, because if you could move them into the sunshine would be very helpful. Do you have any last hints and tips for somebody looking to start growing in a small space like you have where to grow what you know if you're coming into a garden it's a bit of a blank canvas where are you going to be doing what if you're going to put up raised beds sleeper beds or freestanding ones like you're now working with what would
0: you be looking for um so sunny position is is mostly the best for like most vegetables i'd say um especially tomatoes and things like that. But if you really do have just a shady garden, that's not a problem, like lettuce and things like that. So salads still grow really, really well in part shade. So you, you can still do that. Even if you've just got like a little balcony or a fence um, that just gets a little bit of sunshine, just grow some salad in it. Even the mixed varieties that like the baby leaf ones are really, really lovely to grow. I'm really lucky the patio is is quite a sunny position. Which is why I've chosen to put the raised beds there. But I do have a few kind of shadier spots to grow kind of my salad, my patroy and things like that.
1: Oh, lovely! And what about rain shadows? Do you worry that the house will stop rain getting to certain pots that are sort of near the door or anything like
0: that? Um, I don't think I've got that problem in my. <laughs> rain gets everywhere. <laughs> yeah, rain does it. Is just all over. <laughs> um, but. Um, No, I think if you did have kind of rain shadows, just make sure you keep on top of the watering of those pots.
1: Yeah, I think it's really inspiring to hear that you're getting some really good crop results for what is a small space. And and you've not been doing it that long either. And so I was wondering, do you think it's possible for anyone to grow in a small space? Oh,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. And there's so much information out there and people are so willing to give advice um, that anyone can do it. Like, I don't actually have a lot of time um, available. You know, I've got two kids, I work, but it's, it is that simple. You do just as long as I, as long as your soil is good, I think anything can grow. I think that is quite important that you do need to feed your soil. But if you've got good soil, anything can grow. So you can improve your soil. You don't even need good soil necessarily. If you take care of your soil. Oh, I like that. And do you think any space is too small to grow in? No, absolutely not. No, you can just have one pot. You don't even need outdoor space. You can grow salad indoors on the windowsill. Microgreens is a lovely addition to your meals. Um, and they're packed full of nutrition. Like, I literally love microgreens and you can just put them on your windowsills there's really nice things where you can screw onto your windows now and just sew loads of microgreens like that so no there's no no space is too small thanks for listening to the bbc gardeners world magazine podcast
1: subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts and never miss an episode if you've enjoyed this episode please tell others about it and rate us in your podcast provider app